Welcome to the Nonprofit Answers Podcast, where you find answers to your marketing and fundraising questions. You will learn how to raise more money to help more people. And now your host, Jeremy Rice. At Food for the Hungry, we have a multi-channel approach to fundraising. I came on board seven years ago to run our digital marketing and fundraising, and when my boss became the chief development officer over all of private fundraising, he asked me to stretch and take on direct mail. His vision is that as the world becomes increasingly digital, you should have someone with a good digital foundation to operate your primary mass fundraising channels. Coming from a digital background, I had to learn direct mail fundraising. The cool thing is that by learning more of the direct mail side, I've been able to apply those principles to what we're doing in other fundraising programs. What I'm seeing is that direct mail is not dead and far from it. When you start approaching the fundraising mix from a multi-channel view, you begin to see how the entire donor journey is both impacted by the individual channels and complemented by different channels. Because of my exposure and interest in direct marketing, we've taken steps to be more strategic in how we nurture the donor relationship with email and social media. There isn't a clearer example than donor acquisition. Each channel has unique characteristics that help contribute new donors to the file. We are finding that direct mail acquisition is still a very viable method of acquiring new donors. I know of other nonprofits that have focused most of their attention in the digital space for acquisition. I had a discussion just a few weeks ago with an organization in Europe who is finding their best acquisition channel is actually door-to-door fundraising. Don't give up on direct mail acquisition yet if you don't know your costs. For us, direct mail acquisition has a quicker return on investment when compared to digital. Know your numbers and be smart about where you're investing your acquisition dollars. And that's going to lead us into today's question. It's a great question about acquisition and what you need to do for your nonprofit to move forward with donor acquisition. Hello, I'm Adam, and I have a question about digital acquisition. Because of the high cost, we've canceled our direct mail acquisition and probably won't do any next year. In direct mail, we rent lists, but we can't really do the same in digital. How do I do donor acquisition on the web? Hi, Adam. Thanks for your question. There are a couple parts to your question that I'd like to address. First, we're going to talk about direct mail acquisition and how that process works. Then we'll compare and contrast this to how most nonprofits do digital acquisition. We'll also talk about some of the myths about digital donor acquisition and address this question, is direct mail dead? In the past, many organizations used direct mail to acquire new donors. Because the method was both prevalent, everybody was doing it, and it was effective, so easy, I mean, relatively speaking, of course, to acquire donors, few organizations invested in the donor journey like you're seeing today. You see, when acquisition is both cheap and relatively easy, it's sometimes perceived to be easier to just acquire boatloads of new donors than to invest in the donor experience. This was short-term thinking and cost organizations a lot of money as they were always trying to find new donors rather than build on their existing donor base. As direct mail giving has slowed, some organizations have given up on direct mail entirely. But I can tell you from my experience at Food for the Hungry and knowing the experience of other similar organizations, direct mail is not dead. Far from it. It can be a very effective channel both for donor acquisition and donor development. Now let's break down the process of acquiring new donors in direct mail and address the cost question. There are some variations in this process, but the gist of what most organizations do is this. 
The nonprofit typically has an appeal or two that has proven to be effective in the past at getting a high response rate. This will be the appeal that they mail out to prospective donors. Now, I would recommend testing at least two different messages to your list to discover what appeal, uh, which one of those appeals performs best. Now, the nonprofit, they rent a list of potential donors. These lists are generated in a number of ways. Some nonprofits join a list co-op where they provide the co-op with access to their donor data. When a different nonprofit is seeking a list to mail to um, for an acquisition campaign, they give a list of donors to the co-op who then models that list and provides a list of potential donors who look like the list that you provided. You can also go to data providers and rent a list of potential donors without providing all of your donor data to a co-op. These lists are sold or exchanged from other nonprofits and are often their lapsed or their underperforming donors. These are people who have given to like-minded organizations in the past but who are not currently giving, at least not to those organizations that are running their list. Depending on the size of your acquisition mailing, your nonprofit would likely rent dozens of lists of different donors to test to see which sources perform best for your organization. No two nonprofits are the same, so a list may perform great for you and completely miss the mark for a different nonprofit. Once you've decided on the list that you'll use to acquire the new donors, you're going to prepare your appeal, or appeals in the case of your testing. Uh, when you do test a couple of different versions, you'll randomize each of the lists you run in to test how each appeal performs. Now you're going to send out the appeal and wait for the results. Most nonprofits, they take about 18 months to see profitability from direct mail acquisition campaigns. Um, that, this is what that means. You'll recoup your, recoup your investment in 18 months, raising a dollar for every dollar you spent. And so how, how this happens is, is that uh, on average, uh, most nonprofits see about 40 cents raised on the dollar uh, that you spend on that initial mailing. So for every dollar you put in, let's say you... Um, spent $50,000, then you're going to get about 40 cents on the dollar back. So about $20,000 is what you would raise. And so how do you recoup your investment if you're not getting all that money up front? It's by converting those one-time donors into multi-givers. You'll cultivate those donors so they give a second, third, fourth, uh, fifth gift, so on. Now that you understand how um, direct mail acquisition works, let's explore a couple of options for acquiring digital donors. Most of the time, the idea is to get an email address from a potential donor and then use email to build a relationship with that person to convert them into a donor. One method of doing this is to offer a premium. The premium could be something uh, like an ebook, a video, uh, a course, an exclusive club, petition. Uh, you want to send those to somebody or display those to someone via an ad and then collect an email address. Specifically, uh, here's a formula that I've developed to acquire a donor. It's A plus B plus C plus D, and that equals a new donor. Now I'm going to break down what that actually means. The A in the formula represents the audience. You are going to define the people who are likely to have an affinity for your nonprofit, and you're going to run ads to those people. The B in the formula is the bribe. It's another name um, for a lead magnet, a lead generation asset. You can call these a lot of different things. Uh, the bribe is the motivator. Um, it's going to motivate the viewer of that ad to exchange his email address for the asset or experience that you've created. So again, this could be an ebook, a petition, a video, a course, a special experience, or anything else that has an appropriate value exchange 
where it's worth at least as much as someone's desire to keep their email address private. So you got to offer me something that's going to make me want to give you my email address. So it's got to be something of value. And value, of course, is, is different for every um, type of person. So an ebook uh, about um, heart disease um, may be more interesting to some people that, that have a passion for that cause than it would be for someone like me. The C in the formula is the capture of the lead. This is a process that you create um, with the right ad in front of the right audience, and that creates an opportunity for someone to give you their email address. And then finally, that D in that formula of A plus B plus C plus D is the formula is for develop. Once you have the email address, you want to use a welcome series of emails and an engagement series to move someone from that value exchange uh, that they uh, gave you their email address for that bribe and motivate them to actually give to your organization. Now we're going to walk through each of those steps in that process in uh, much more detail so that you can understand how you actually do this in your nonprofit. As I just said, the A in the formula is for audience. I'm going to focus um, this uh, episode on using Facebook to display an ad and find the right person to sign up. The reason is, is that uh, Facebook... Uh, through its ad management platform and, and by extension Instagram uh, because uh, Facebook owns Instagram and you can advertise uh, to both sites um, in the same ad platform. Uh, they're a great tool to put the right ad in front of the right person uh, to sign up and give you their email address. The principles I'm teaching though, they work on any ad platform, but Facebook is the best converting tool that we have that uh, for most organizations that you can convert someone to uh, an email lead for your file. And there may be a need that drives you um, somewhere else. For example, if your organization focuses on doctors, you might pick something like LinkedIn as your platform of choice uh, because it can be a much more effective tool for reaching people by profession or job title. You want to identify potential audiences that you can display your ads to in order to motivate the right people to respond to your offer. I'm going to talk a lot about congruence in your offer. You want the right audience to, to see the right ad that leads them down the right funnel to the right conversion opportunity. Uh, when all these things are congruent, you will win with your digital donor acquisition. And I think after a, a couple examples here, you're going to understand what I mean by congruency. How do we identify the right audiences to display our ads to? The nice thing about Facebook is we can create target audiences that are very specific to people we believe have a high likelihood of converting. First, you can create a custom audience of your donors and then create a lookalike audience. A lookalike audience is just what it sounds like. Facebook takes a list of identifying information about your current donors and it finds people who are similar to those donors. This could be similar demographics, Facebook activity, offline behavior, website visits, and more. Facebook knows so much about us. It's um, crazy, especially as we've seen... Uh, uh, becoming more public with the recent privacy issues they faced. The lookalike audience is a powerful tool to find people. You can upload the list into Business Manager, just navigate to Audiences, and create a new lookalike audience there. In the past, we recommended creating one at about the 1% mark, or a list of about 2.1 million people in the U.S. Um, this will differ in other countries as it's based on the population of your country. Now we recommend moving that to 2%, or about 4.2 million people. The reason is, is that uh, Facebook's algorithm has gotten really good at finding the right connections. When you create a lookalike audience, it'll ask you how many people to match. 
just move that slider over to 2%. A second way to create an audience is with interests. Interests are topics people either like on Facebook or they discuss on Facebook. For example, for Christian nonprofits, you can use Christianity or Holy Spirit as topic areas. You can also identify your competitors like the Humane Society or the American Red Cross as interests and target their audiences. Audience targeting is a powerful way to hone in on the right audience that could have interest in your nonprofit. There are other advanced audience techniques that you could do, and I'm not going to go into those in depth today. However, there's one thing that you should know when you're finding audiences to target. You can ex exclude your current email subscribers. If you're trying to build a new list of potential donors, you don't want to run ads to people who have already signed up. You can create a custom audience of your current donors or email subscribers and then select it as an exclude when you run ads. Once you've identified the key audiences you'll target, we're going to move on and we're going to move on to what we're going to offer them. The B in the formula is the bribe or lead magnet that you'll create for audiences to exchange uh, with them for their email address. The bribe needs to address a problem the audience member has, such as a desire to help someone in need, but that they don't have any other outlet to do that. Other pain points could be a desire to understand something about your cause, like a guide to signs of a stroke for a health organization the desire to teach one's kids how to have a giving heart, the desire to be a part of a community of like-minded people, or wanting to learn a new skill. The lead magnet must also be congruent with your organization's cause. I know there's that word again, congruent, and ultimately have an ask for a donation. For example, at Food for the Hungry, we have a bribe that is called Eight Ways to Teach Your Kids to Have a Generous Heart. This is congruent with child sponsorship as it's a great tool to use to teach generosity. We have a lead magnet that teaches people how to build a keyhole garden, which is a popular type of uh, vegetable, house vegetable garden, an herb garden. It's congruent with our cause as we build many of them in our Latin American countries. However, the audience hasn't shown an interest to give money to that cause as much as things like child sponsorship. So we uh, have a lead magnet that's very popular, this Keyhole Garden um, download, but it doesn't resonate as a giving tool. That's in contrast to the download that we have, which is the eight ways to teach your kids to have a generous heart. That one is both congruent to our audience and also something that um, naturally moves into uh, people giving. The only way you're going to find these things out is if you test. You've got to test these things with your audience. One thing to note here, the bribe, it doesn't need to be too long. In fact, creating a shorter bribe gets people to their problem resolution faster and is often preferred. Most of our lead magnets are less than 20 pages. If you want some examples of what we do for lead magnets, go to www.fh.org resources, plural, resources, and you can see several good examples. So how do you create your bribe? For ebooks, we often use existing blog posts or other content we've created as the base for creating the asset. This speeds up development time and reduces the investment we need to make. Reusing content is always a good strategy. You can also try other types of bribes such as a petition, a survey, a video course, a monthly teleconference with one of your organization's leaders, or even a giveaway. These types of value exchanges require less, or at least different amounts of development. 
Once you've identified the audience you're targeting and the assets you will use to acquire the email address, it's time to capture the lead. The capture process involves a couple of different conversion opportunities for someone. First, the person needs to see your ad. Next, she needs to make a decision to read or watch your ad. Then, she must decide if she wants to click on the ad. Once on the landing page or in an email um, or in a lead ad where it captures their email address, she needs to decide if the value proposition that you've created is sufficient to exchange her email address. That's a lot of decisions to make. Often these decisions are made in seconds, so you don't have a lot of time to grab her attention and convince her that all these decision points are worth it and that the bribe you're offering is enough to get her to part with her email address. Let's break this down by each part of the process, starting with your ad. There are four steps to a successful ad. First, you want to hook the reader. You only have about three seconds to grab someone's attention when they see your ad. You need imagery and a headline that grabs the reader's attention. Second, tell a story. The best ads tell a clear story the reader can follow to be motivated to click. Third, make an offer. Be clear about what you're offering and explain the benefit to the reader. Finally, the call to action. Ask the reader to take an action that is connected to the offer such as download. Being clear with your call to action can dramatically impact your click-through rate to your landing page or your sign-up form. There are other types of goals that we're going to use in uh, Facebook ads, a lead ad conversion and a landing page conversion. Facebook has a type of ad called a lead ad that embeds the lead form conversion into Facebook, removing the need for you to send someone to an external landing page. This type of ad reduces friction in the process, which means it reduces the um, natural elements that push back on someone wanting to convert, which increases conversions. What we found in some circumstances is that this ad will uh, convert higher than your landing page, but the quality of the leads will be lower. When you introduce a little friction in the process, which you know can seem opposite of what you should be doing, it often helps improve the quality of the lead. In other words, by increasing your difficulty, you increase the likelihood that the person signing up is more interested. It took them more uh, steps to complete the process. They have a higher investment. Therefore, the quality of that person is higher at the end on your list. The type of goal that we can do within Facebook ads is landing page conversion. What you're doing here is you're trying to get people to click on your ad and complete a form on a landing page that you control. You can host this form wherever you want, um, from your website to a third-party landing page service like Lead Pages or Unbounce. Let's take a moment to talk about photos versus videos in your ads. There is a misconception that video always performs better than photos, but this is not always the case. I recommend you test video ads versus photo ads and that you test different videos and different photos. You may be surprised by what you find. Now that you've captured your lead, you need to develop the lead into a donor. The first opportunity is on the thank you page after someone has signed up. Many people who sign up for your bribe will have an affinity for your cause and for the people you serve, so they'll give right then. Maximize the chances of a donation by making your ask very clear, very simple. Make sure that whatever you ask is aligned with your bribe. For example, if you're giving away an ebook on healthy eating for your heart and you're a medical charity, 
create a fundraising appeal on that thank you page to support a fund such as researching a cure for heart disease or fund for heart surgeries for children. Aligning your ask with your lead generation asset increases the chances for an immediate donation. You should create an email series to develop the lead into a donor. The goal is for the email series to help the recipient begin to know, like, and trust your organization. I'll give you a sample three-part series to help you achieve this. In the first email, thank the donor for signing up and provide a link to the asset they signed up for. For example, if you offered an instructional video, provide a link to the landing page for that video. Reinforce that the recipient will receive informative emails from your organization. In the second email, restate to the reader how they got on the list. You're receiving this email because you signed up for a free ebook. It's important for the reader to remember why they're on your email list so that she doesn't immediately unsubscribe. Also in the second email, tell a story of impact that your organization has had on the life of a beneficiary. This impact story should align with the lead generation asset, you know what we call the bribe, to keep that continuity, that congruity going with the reader. In the third email, tell a story of someone in need and ask for the donation. Don't be afraid to be direct with your ask. If someone has an affinity for your cause, she won't be offended that you asked for a donation. Make sure that the cause is congruous and that the asset uh, with the asset that the person downloaded. I, I know you're seeing the trend here. Adam, thanks so much for your question. That's the A plus B plus C plus D formula to help you move someone from being a social media follower to a donor. Thank you so much for listening to the Nonprofit Answers podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nonprofit Answers podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting service. Your rating and review will help other nonprofit professionals find this podcast to get their nonprofit questions answered. Thanks again.